if you'd like to follow along in the outline that's in the bulletin, you can fill in the blanks, maybe just one blank for today. <clears throat> How to know God. We've been looking at this for some weeks or maybe into months now. And the first thought is through salvation. And we've been going through the doctrines on salvation. We've looked at repentance, a change of mind, regeneration, a change of nature, redemption, a change of position, reconciliation, a change of relationship. And last week, conversion, a change of life. And today, we look at the next one. We just sung about it. That's why we chose that last hymn. Did you get what this word is? A change of family, change of status. Adoption, adoption. And um, <clears throat> I must confess that this was all just one sermon, but now every point has become a sermon. And so we're going through each of the, these wonderful doctrines and looking at how to know God. You have to know God through salvation. If you're not saved, you, you can't know God. You can't know what he's up to and what his plans are. And so these are wonderful thoughts. There are, they should be a blessing for us as Christians who are already saved. And we can say amen and rejoice in what we see and read in the scriptures concerning these doctrines. And for those that are unsaved, there's, there's need to, to, to heed the, the truth of these biblical things that are presented throughout scripture. You know, <clears throat> systematic theology. Now, what's that? <laughs> it's systematizing theology. <laughs> you see... <clears throat> The word conversion is used in different places in the Bible. The word redemption is, is used. Regeneration and repentance, they're all used in different places, but systematizing it is bringing all those thoughts from all those places to one point in a sermon or something like that. And that's what we do. It's not wrong to do that. It's, it's good, it's biblical, it's getting the big picture, the whole picture on certain doctrines. And that's what this is doing in these sermons that we might know God because if we don't know God and we go out of this life we're in big trouble we go out of life out of life without knowing the Lord here down down on earth we're in trouble for us to face him afterward and so I pray that through these you get to know him more as a Christian and get to know him as a non-Christian that you might become one of his adopted children as we're looking at this morning <coughs> Adoption. Well, <clears throat> let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing as we get through into this. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the teachings that we find throughout the word that you've left us with this great resource to know you, to understand you, and to comprehend your love toward us, and particularly in regards to our salvation. Lord, if we're not born again, we cannot see the kingdom of God. We must be saved in order to be a saint and to be a son of God. And Lord, bless the thoughts to those who are unsaved here today and maybe listening in, that they might repent and be born again, regenerated by the Spirit of God. And for us as Christians, may we rejoice in what has happened for us and to us. And, and uh, this continues on out into eternity forevermore. Lord, be with those that cannot be with us today that may be listening in as well and encourage them in their sickness and ill health that they might be physically well and able to come back. 
Lord, minister to those that are shut in and cannot come to services and love to be here. And Lord, undertake for them because it is a lonely place there in those beds. We pray for them. Minister now the word for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. <coughs> Adoption. <coughs> a change of status. We'd all like to have a bit of status, wouldn't we? I'd <laughs> like to be somebody. <laughs> well, if you're a Christian, you are somebody. <laughs> because God has put you in a family. <coughs> Let's, first of all, see our old family. Turn to Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 2 through to 5. <clears throat> and we read two portions, this one in Ephesians and one in Peter, and there are many others, but just two will do. To tell us the family that we were born into in this world. Born once. Born once into this world. Everyone's born into this world if they're living beings. <laughs> Must have been born. And yet, to be born a second time, you've got to be born the first time. Well, here's the <clears throat> what we were born into and what family we were born into. You know, we, we all have families, don't we? We were born into a family. Some of us might be uh, thankful for that, uh, proud of the family we are born into, and some might be regretful. <laughs> but the Lord knows which one you were born into. <clears throat> but this one is we can all regret that we were born into the human family and we had these traits. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins in which in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. This is the family we were born into, into this world. Children of the devil. Doesn't sound nice, but it's a fact. <laughs> if you're not a Christian, you're a child of disobedience and a prince of the power of the air, you're his child. Unsaved people do not get that. But that's who they, whose children they are. Among whom, in verse 3, we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath. Children of the devil, children of wrath. Born into this world, even as others. And that's everybody else. That's all of us. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love with which he loved us, <clears throat> even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And so that, not a very good picture. Not a very nice picture, our old family, is it? <laughs> Aren't you glad as a Christian you're out of that family? <laughs> and you've got a new family? Praise God for the family we've been born into by faith in Jesus Christ. Let's go to Peter and see another picture painted by the word of God. 1 Peter chapter 4 verses 1 to 4. <clears throat> and look at our old family from Peter's perspective. We looked at it from Paul's. Now Peter <clears throat> in verses 1 to 4. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind, for he that hath suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. 
for the time past of our life, that's when we're non-believing people, unsaved, children of the devil, may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. We did what all the rest of the people did. And we thought it was okay because everybody's doing it. It must be right, we said. That's what the world says. And it's not right. We were doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings and abominable idolatries. That's the list that people love doing. Non-Christians love doing it. We're the children of the devil. In which they think it's strange that ye, who've been born again in a different family, run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you. We do need to eat and we do need to drink. We need. We, he's given us richly all things to enjoy, but the excess that unsaved people go to that are in the family of God, that's all they've got to enjoy is this life. But Christians are different. That's our old family. Let's look at our new status. Just go over one book to the first John. <clears throat> and first and John paints us the picture here of what we are now. We have a new father. We have a new family. We have new friends. <clears throat> I remember Brother Brunken over 40-something years ago. <laughs> Maybe it was about 40 years ago. When he was deciding on believing the gospel or not, thought, what about all my friends? I know he says he said this to me. What about all my friends? I'm going to lose all my friends who are non-Christians. But then he realised he has another family. He's got a lot of new friends. The family of God. And a lot more friends. And a lot more faithful friends. And true friends. When you've got salvation, you have that. You have a new status. You've got a new family, new father, new friends. And new siblings too. Brothers and sisters. And brothers and sisters often get at each other, don't they? When they're young. You know, niggle, fight, backbite, fight in the back of the car on a long trip. <laughs> but when you grow up as a Christian, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be getting along as, as believers and, and with our fellow siblings, brothers and sisters in Christ. But here we find first... John chapter 1, many times mentioned, and we'll go through a few of them. <clears throat> chapter 2, verse 1. My little children. I like the way John wrote this. Now, John is a, being a Christian, a follower of the Lord for over 60 years. He's doctrinally been founded in the word. He's got revelations from God. And how does he refer to us? Little children i like that though he's aged in his night probably in his 90s he's saying this is what we are little children in the family of god these things write unto you and he expounded some deep thoughts there on propitiation in verse 2 if you go down to verse 13 of chapter 2 I write unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because ye have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because ye have known the father. What's our new status? Little children. 
You say, no, I'm a grown man or a grown woman. Uh, folks, let's put ourselves where we should be, humble before the mighty hand of God and how he has exalted us to the position. We are nothing without him. And, and, and when we get onto the other side, into eternity, we will begin to realise how little we know and how great God is. And we'll say, yes, amen, I am a little child. <laughs> In knowledge and understanding, I pray that we might continue to grow as little children. Verse 18 of chapter 2. Little children, it is the last time you've heard that Antichrist shall come. So he's addressing them as an aged apostle and a matured saint and identifying himself as one of these two as little children. Let's not, you know, if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, the Bible says he deceiveth himself and the truth is not in him. Those that humble themselves before God, he will exalt in due time. Let's acknowledge who we are. We've got a new status, and it's not because of us, it's because of what he has done for us. Uh, praise God for the new status. And you could mark them in 1 John, little children. You can go through and do that in your own time. We won't look at them all. Go back to Galatians, Galatians chapter 4, <clears throat> and verses 4 and 5. <clears throat> we read in Galatians chapter 4. Verses 4 and 5, these words. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, <clears throat> to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive, what? The adoption of sons. He did what he did for us, that we might be adopted into the family of God. How do you... Or how do we in Australia perceive adoption? I don't know if anyone here was adopted into a family. We, we think of it that that person is sought out by parents that want a child and they go through all the legal ramifications, which are big in Australia, and make them part of the family. That's our perception of adoption and they're called by that surname and they become as one of the children and they'll get all the benefits and blessings of a, a child of that family. That's what we think of adoption. But adoption in, in Greek does not mean adoption and what it means in English. Adoption in Greek culture meant to take someone who was already your child and make them a legal heir to your fortune. Very different to what we think of it. So you're already a child and then you're made a legal heir to the fortune. We are born into the family of God by faith in Christ. Our adoption has to do with our inheritance. God is saying that we are his heirs and all that is his will one day be ours. So adoption is not at new birth, though we have been put into the family. The reality of adoption happens when we die. Actually, when the Lord comes again and we get a new body. That's when the real effect of adoption happens. In regeneration, a Christian receives the nature 
of the child of God. In adoption, he receives the position of a son of God. The redemption of the body. And we'll see some verses how it times it and when it will happen. That adoption, the full adoption. Um, <clears throat> so we have a new status. We are in the family, born into the family, but awaiting for the blessings of the adoption with which we've been adopted. <clears throat> well, our new family. Let's turn to Romans chapter 8. So we've seen our old family, children of the devil. Our new status, children of God, adopted and given the promises of God, our heirship. And now our new family, Romans chapter 8 and verse 14. <clears throat> our reading for this morning, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption. We've received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We know it's true and it is, it is as good as it's happened. When we're saved, this is as good as it's, it's already happened. The spirit himself beareth itself, beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. He testifies to that. He brings verses to your mind, scriptures to memory, from your memory. And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. The benefits of being adopted. Let's go over to verse 23. And this is enlightening in regards to adoption. And not only they, it's talking about creature and creatures and the creation. Not only they, but ourselves, Christians, also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We've been given the Spirit of God when we believed. If we haven't got the Spirit of God, we're not Christians. And we have the first fruits of the Spirit. We have the down payment, as it were, the deposit of the Spirit in us. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for what? The adoption. It's future. It's future. The, the full realization of the adoption, being sons of God. That is, what is the adoption? The redemption of our body. What have we all got now? We've got mortal bodies. Do you have pain? Do you have worries? Do you have sicknesses? We all do. Do, you, do we fail? We all do. We all got a sin nature. But one day, when we have a redeemed body that's capable of going without a spacesuit into space, into heaven, that is the redemption of the body, and we'll realize how wonderful it is. This side of eternity, we eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered the heart of man those things that God has prepared for them that love him. But the Spirit of God begins to reveal these things to us as we read the Scriptures. We're in a new family. We've been put placed there and the promises are as good as done. Let's go, go to Romans <laughs> chapter 12. Our new family. <clears throat> the old saying, blood is thicker than water. That is the relatives. You back the relatives before you back your friends. Well, as Christians, we've been brought by the 
blood of Christ. <laughs> and blood should be thicker than water. <laughs> in, in that we're related, we're brothers and sisters in Christ in this family. <clears throat> and chapter 12 and verse 9, we read in Romans, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one toward another with brotherly love, in honour preferring one another. You see, blood is thick in water. This is what we should be like toward one another as Christians. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. That's a list that goes on in distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Bless them who persecute you. Troy was talking about that this morning in adult class. And curse not. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not earthly things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. And so being in the family of God, these things should or shouldn't be so if they're the right things or the wrong things. Right things we put on. Wrong things we put off, as Colossians and Ephesians tells us to do. Go to Romans 15 and verses 1 to 3. This is the relationship within the family. is expounded here by Paul in his practical exhortations after his doctrinal dissertation in the early parts of Romans. We then, in verse 1, that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Strong and weak Christians. New Christians usually are the weaker ones and stronger should be the older ones. Not, also, not always so. And so to, not to please ourselves. But the generation today that we live in is saying, please yourself. Number one first. The Bible says as Christians, it's the other way around. Not to please ourselves, but to please the other. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. Edify your brother or sister in the Lord. For even Christ pleased not himself, even Christ, even deity, <laughs> Please not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. And so here's some things as Christians we ought to do for one another. Verse 5, toward one another, these attitudes and actions should be so. Verse 5, now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus. That ye with one mind and one mouth may glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Think of one another. <clears throat> um, I've, put, I've left it down there, the mobile phone. I try, you, you've put yours away too. I hope you have. <laughs> but <clears throat> Pastor, Pastor McConnell's teaching me some new tricks. He said, look at this. Because my brother first did when I was looking for a hospital down in the shed at Emerald. I was looking for one of the hospitals to visit someone. And he said, where is it? Dick, 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 Google, press the microphone. He talked to his phone and it told him where it was. Oh. But you see, you can do that for Bible verses on your phone too. Just half a bit of Bible verse, where is it? The concordance becoming a bit obsolete. You press that, talk to it, and it gives you all the references with that in it. And you can, you know, it's incredibly, we've got so much at our disposal. You've got no excuse for not knowing your Bible today. You can do that with your phone out wherever you are. Now, not forget about it in church. You're listening to the sermon. 
listen to what's being preached. But <clears throat> and I pressed it and said, one another Bible or something like that. And it come up with 59 one another's <laughs> in the Bible. Listen to this. This is the family of God. This is children of God. Be at peace with one another. Mark 9.20. John 13.14. Wash one another's feet. John 13.34. Love one another. And that theme is the biggest one with the one another. It goes on and on. And it's particular. it was twice in Romans that we just read chapter 15 when it said one another and love one another. Romans 12.10. Love, honour one another. Romans 12:16 be of a sound mind one toward another the same mind not sound same mind serve one another Galatians 5:13 bear one another's burdens you see when you become a child of God you've got a new family you've got a new status you're <clears throat> you're in that family that ought to care for one another and you go home and look up in your concordance or your phone <laughs> one another and see the instructions, forbearing one another, be kind to one another, submit to one another, esteem one another. I like the ones that have the reference to one another with a weaker and stronger brother. You know, I, I can do a lot of things, but I forbid myself to do them for the sake of the other person who is weaker, that it, that it doesn't make them stumble. <clears throat> but that they might walk strong and not stumble and fall back into sin. I think that's good. I stop doing what I could do, what I, in God's sight, am allowed to do for the sake of my brother or sister in Christ. Sacrificing yourself for others. Esteem one another, admonish one another, comfort one another, edify one another. You can hear those verses, can't you? You've read them before. Exhort one another, consider and provoke to love and good works one another. Pray for one another. And on the list goes. That's what we have as being in this family. And I pray that we do those things. <clears throat> Our new destiny. Let's turn to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 5. <clears throat> We read here when Paul is bringing so many truths out and blessings that we have in Christ. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children, adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance. This is what adoption is about, inheritance. Being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. And verse 14, who is the earnest, and we read it earlier in another portion, who is the earnest, the down payment of our inheritance, that is the Spirit of God, until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. You are and I am a purchased possession purchased by the blood of the lamb becoming a child of God and the earnest of the spirit is given unto us until the redemption of this purchased possession that is the redemption of the body 
We are saved and we will be saved, as it were. The old body has to be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, it will be changed like that. From mortal to immortal. And the realisation of adoption will be ours at that moment. But notice this in verse 5. Having predestinated, predestinated, a big word and a lot of meaning and a lot of arguments about that word. Predestinated. What's the next word? Us. Who's the us of this? Christians. Predestination has to do with Christians. Not with unsaved people. And that puts a whole new light on it. We are predestinated. You know, this is something you can't stop, even if you try. <laughs> As a Christian, you can't stop this happening. Isn't that wonderful? That God has set in motion something that's not going to stop, that is of great benefit and blessing to each one of us. And that is where we'll realise the adoption when the redemption of our body takes place. And that also is spoken of there in verse 11 about predestination in relation to the believing person, to the adoption of children. Are you one of God's children? We are absolutely guaranteed heaven once we have believed by faith. And there's no changing it. What, Paul said, what shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus? And then he goes on to list a whole heap principalities, powers, things present, things to come. And he went on with more and more things. He said, nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, because we're in the family. But the question is, are you in the family? Which family are you in? Let's turn to one closing portion, John's Gospel, chapter 8. Are you in the devil's family that you were born physically into or are you in God's family with the promise of the inheritance at the time of the redemption of the body? The redemption of the purchased possession has already been purchased, waiting for that redemption of the body. Romans, I mean, John, John chapter 8 and verse 37. <clears throat> we have this written. I know that ye are Abraham's seed. But ye, this is the Lord Jesus speaking, but ye seek to kill me. He's talking to the religious leaders because my word hath no place in you. And if one, someone goes at your throat when you're quoting Bible verses, it's because they're of the devil. They're children of the devil. I speak that which I, I have seen with my father and you do that which you have seen with your father. Who's their father? The devil. They were religious to the hilt. Anybody asked about them, an unsaved person, unsaved Jew, asked, you know, what do you think of them? Oh, they're religious. They're very spiritual people. But the Lord Jesus, a summation of what them was, they're of their father, the devil. If you knew my father, you would listen to what I say. Then they answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. If you're a Christian, you'll do the works of a Christian. We looked at that in Romans 12 and Romans 15. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham, 
So if you're Abraham's children, why are you getting at my? Why are you trying to kill me? You do the deeds of your father. Then said they unto him. Ooh, they got real angry. They had never said this as far as we know before. But notice what they said of the Lord Jesus. We are not born of... Yeah, I can, they put their nose up in there. We are not born of fornication. You know what they just said? They said to Jesus that he was a bastard. That's what they just said. Because Mary didn't have Jesus by Joseph. And so they were saying he's an illegitimate child. And they were saying to Jesus, you're an illegitimate child. We are not born of fornication. This is the first time they said it out loud. We have one father, even God. And how, how mistaken they were. And how mistaken so many religious people are today. They think they have God as their father. And they don't because they're not being redeemed, regenerated. Uh, they have not repented of their sins. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceed from, proceed forth and came from God, neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because ye cannot hear my word. Ye are, ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do he was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He is a liar and he's the father of it. Because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? If you're here today and you're saying, well, what I'm saying is all lies. It's not what I'm saying, it's what the Bible says. Ye are of your father the devil. There's no easier way to put it and blunt way to put it. You need to become a Christian. You need to believe the words of truth. And just as Jesus argued with the religious leaders, I argue from the scriptures with you today. Well, don't argue. I just present to you. <laughs> Won't you believe that Jesus died for your sins, paid the total price for your redemption on the cross? He died for your sins. He rose again for your justification. Won't you believe that today? Won't you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised you from the dead and the Bible says thou shalt be saved in the family of God. And the devil will track you all the way home. <laughs> and he'll be in the bushes. And he'll be on the side streets trying to stop you serving your new father as the son of the father so whose side are you on whose father do you have do you have the devil as your father or the lord god as your father as jesus argument was put there in john chapter 8 i pray that you have god as your father through faith in jesus christ let's pray thank you lord for your word i pray that it might be understood comprehended and believed today in every heart in the building and listening in today that they might be your children adopted in the family guaranteed eternity with the lord god almighty bless us now in jesus name amen